7 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It is Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine. So if something you complain about, today is the day to do it. Doing that bottle of Talon Wine, perfect to pair with whatever you're pulling out of the uh, oven or taking off the grill. Talon Wine has the right wine for your meal. So we have the start of the Basketball postseason for high school teams last night. The, the girls in action, all three of the Grand Valley teams, unfortunately lose last night. Montrose and Delta move on, though, with victories last night. So, got some reaction to uh, last night's games. I think uh, we, I talked with Jeff Johnson, for a monument girls coach after the game, Buckeye, that if he would have, you would have told him, and I mentioned this in our post game, that uh, Moraine Herity is only going to score six points. Their their big six four post player. He would have taken that in a heartbeat and liked their chances. Unfortunately, the Wildcats missed some threes early on. Shots that just didn't quite go in the cylinder. Some they didn't get a ton of good looks because one thing Herity did have an impact mm-hmm. on was. Fruta's ability to score inside at all, though I thought Addie Air battled hard. Campbell Brammer battled hard inside against her, but they had some size. Delaney Davis was 6'2", and she hurt them, though, from the perimeter. She hit three threes, back-to-back threes. But that was a physical game. Like, I think I called it bare-knuckle brawl at times last night. It was very physical on, on both ends of the floor. But Fruta, unfortunately, falls last night to... Denver East and Denver East they they played like the higher seed at times last night and they weren't uh, without one of their best players a leading mm-hmm. scorer last night because of her being ineligible she was a transfer from Rangeview and she played on the club team for Carl Matty the the Denver East coach and so they won their first four games right. and then they had to force those games because she she was ineligible. She's ineligible. So part of the the penalty from Chassa was also that uh, she was not going to be able to play in this first game of the of the state tournament as well. So that was why that uh, why she didn't play last night, and that that certainly hurt them last night. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still had Dennis that that hit the three threes that were huge last night. They were seven of nine from the foul line down the stretch, and uh, that was a, a big part of why they were able to uh, to get the win last night as well uh, over Fruit of Monument. But um, it's still a great season though for Jeff Johnson and his basketball team. And um, you know, I, I just you have to I think if you're Jeff, you return everybody but Addie Air. She was the lone senior this year for uh, for Fruit of Monument, so that's a a big. A big plus moving forward. Genesee Bird, by the way, was the player that uh, was the ineligible player. Mm-hmm. And she was their leading scorer, 13, almost 13 half points per game, four assists per game. And you could tell they 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 missed having her on the floor. Other guards weren't nearly as good at taking care of the basketball, scoring. And um, for Fruit of Monument, uh, Herity holding her really in check with just six points. Gave them an opportunity that they unfortunately couldn't take advantage of for Palisade last night.
They had Northridge. Got it down to, what, six late? And just, uh, it was three, three near the end of the third quarter. They got it down to six late. They just, early in the first half, they could not limit Northridge's three-point shooting. Like, through three quarters, Northridge hit nine three-pointers and six two-pointers. They had a 10-point lead. They scored 22 points in the first quarter, which girls' basketball is kind of hard to do unless you're hot from the outside. And they got out to a 10-point lead after the first quarter, and Palisade could never really get all the way back. They would cut it to seven here, then make a run, cut it to four the Northridge would hit a three-pointer, and it's back to seven. It was kind of perpetually a a three-possession game with the exception of a few exchanges late four or late third, early fourth. They just weren't really able to get it close enough to be within one possession striking distance. And Furtick got it down like a two-possession game late. Liv Campbell hit like a logo three last night that mm-hmm. Kalen Clark would have said, that's that's a pretty nice, that's some range there. Uh, but they just couldn't overcome the, the, get over the hump last night. 17-14 at halftime. I mean, it was a low scoring yeah. first half between two teams that average, you know, 53 points per game. And uh, it was for his lowest scoring output of the season with the 32 points that they scored last night. Then you had the, the Central girls that uh, lost on the road at Mountain View last night. So a busy night with the boys tonight. And um, we'll get into that coming up a little bit. And we'll talk with Ryan Voringer, Montrose Red Ox boys coach. Uh, that'll be our uh, game tonight over on the Monkey when they take on Harrison. Also Grand Junction Tigers coach Dutch Johnson will join us when they, uh, they'll they face Denver North on the team tonight. And then the the number one seed in 6A for the Muhammad Wildcats. And um, Michael Wells, our head coach, will uh, will join us at eight twenty this morning. So uh, they take on, uh, I said, a really good Highlands Ranch team tonight, and uh, we'll have plenty of coverage once again tonight right here on uh, on the Team Sports Network. So um, it's I think going to be a another exciting night of basketball. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to Montrose and Delta. They both advanced last night. Delta put it to Middle Park last night. Man. 76-16 last night. What a curb stomp. <laughs> I just What an absolute curb stomp that game was. Yeah, it was uh, not even close last night. Montrose girls, they uh, prevail over Pueblo County in their own curb stomping, mm-hmm. uh, 54-17 over Pueblo County last night for Steve yeah, Skiff and the Montrose girls. Those games were close right up until Brave, <laughs> and then they were over. Yeah. So and was- right at the end of the <laughs> anthem is when the – when the official walked out there holding the ball for the yeah. opening tip. Delta Montrose started to pull was, away at that point. It was in it was it was momentarily yeah. in doubt to that point. And then and then it wasn't. All right. So uh seven oh seven, Jim along with uh, the Buckeye boy today is a wine about on Wednesday with Talon Wine. If you got something to complain about, today is the day to do that. Right here on the program. You can text or call us nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. Also today, your chance to play Wrigley Field Colorado Sports Trivia. You get a $15 gift certificate to Wrigley Field, Grand Junction's original sports bar, just east of Sam Saplazio Field on North Avenue. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a hint. It's a Rockies trivia question today, by the way. So a little bit of a, a heads up on that. One time is 100 losses. Oh. Is that not no, it? No. Oh, it's, okay. it's about an area, it involves an area that the Rockies 
usually don't perform well in. But winning. No. Oh. Well, no, that, that would be one of them as of late. Yes, that would be winning. And how they this was a big outlier for the Rockies in terms uh, of this area that they don't usually do very well. I'm with you. Okay. So that's coming up later on in the 8 o'clock hour. All right, 708, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy today. If you got something to complain about, text or call us on the team line, 970-242-1340. That's 970-242-1340. All right, let's jump into... What's happening? Brought to you by ComWest, your technology partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. One call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow. They can help you with network support, cybersecurity, also surveillance, and a new business phone system. They're your technology service partner. Give them a call today at ComWest, 970-242-8142, or go to ComWestCorp. Dot com. Uh, you want to cue uh, some music for me, by the uh, way? Since, oh, yeah. Uh, Again, rare winning for the Colorado franchises. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The Avalanches, Ryan Johansson. There's a Ryan Johansson sighting last night. Mm-hmm. Broke out of a scoring slope as Colorado beat the best team in the West and knocking off Vancouver 3-1 to Tuesday night at Ball Arena. Johansson scored two goals with Nathan McKinning added an empty netter for the Avalanche. Here's Johansson on finally getting out of the slump. I guess nothing, just sticking with it and trying to elevate uh, as a team individually and just trying to do more because that's what it takes this time of year. And uh, It's nice to get rewarded and, and contribute. Last night's empty netter for McKinnon extended his home point streak to 27 games, the second longest to start the season in NHL history. Colorado goalie Alexander Georgiev made 24 saves in the win. We'll talk with Avs Radio voice Connor McGahey coming up at 8.40 this morning. All three of the Grand Valley's girls basketball teams saw their seasons in Tuesday night. Southwestern League champion Fruita Monument fell to Denver East 38-32 in the first round of the 6A state tournament. A 12-5 first half run allowed the Angels to overcome an early 4-0 deficit. Wildcats coach Jeff Johnson says some three-pointers that didn't go down the first quarter hurt in the long run. Two or three rim in and out, um, but uh, we kept battling. Um, and, and you got to be proud that they didn't quit, even all the way to that last buzzer we were fouling, trying to extend the game as long as possible. We had our opportunities, and uh, we got to learn from this. Denver East Delaney Dennis hit back-to-back three-pointers and finished with nine points. for the Monument Jr. Liv Campbell and senior Addie Air each scored 12 points. The Wildcats in their season with a 19-4 and record. The Western Slope League champion Palisade Girls lost at home to Northridge 60-51 the first round of the 5A tournament. Bulldog senior Chloe Simons paced Palisade with 21 points. My girls are not ready to be done this season. Like, I could just tell by the way we practice our pregame today, just their whole attitude. Like, they want to keep playing. And sometimes I've had teams in the past where at the end of the season and they're kind of ready to move on to the next sport, not these girls. So we're going to get back in the gym here, and uh, I'm sure in a couple weeks, and... Um, Bulldogs coach Don Baber, Palisade ends the season at 17-7. and seven. Central girls basketball team season also ended in the first round of the 5A postseason. The Warriors fell at Mountain View 69-49 to finish the year 12-12. and 12. The Montrose and Delta girls basketball teams are into the next round of their respective state tournaments. The Red Hawks beat Pueblo County 54-17 with Montrose hosting Pueblo West Friday in the Sweet 16 of the 5A state tournament. Game time has not been set. Delta girls basketball team moved their winning streak to 19 straight after bidding Middle Park 76-16 to to begin the 4A tournament. The Panthers' Kylie Huff scored 23 points as Delta heads to Greeley to face University this Friday. 
University is a really good team, and uh, most likely we're going to have to play at a really, really high level in order to win that. You know, but I, I think that the the group of girls that we have right now, I think they believe that they can do that, and they know that if they play together and work together as a team, they're going to have the ability to win that game. Delta coach Kyle Crowder, game time has not been set. Panthers are nineteen and four. The boys' state basketball tournament start tonight. The Southwest League champion Fruita Monument boys earned the top seed in the six A tournament as they put their undefeated record on the line when they host. Highlands Ranch tonight. Coverage starts at 5.30. And the 5A Turbot Grand Junction boys host Denver North at 7 o'clock tonight. Team will also have coverage of that game along with live updates of the Delta boys at Pagosa Springs. In the 4A tournament, Palisade opens the postseason at Vista Peak at 6 o'clock with the Central boys at Lewis Palmer at 7. The Montrose boys host Harrison and the Monkey will have that game starting at 5.45 here in Montrose at 93.5 FM. And that's a look at... What's happening? And it's brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. ComWest, let them help you today with your IT needs, whether it's a PC and server support or backup and disaster recovery or a new business phone system. Call ComWest today, 970-242-8142 or go to comwestcorp.com. All right, so um, we'll have Michael Wells coming up later on. For the Monument Boys, number one seed in 6A. And in talking to Michael last night, and we'll, we'll dive into more with him later on at 8.20 this morning. Highlands Ranch might be the 32 seed, but he says that's going to be a, a difficult matchup for the Wildcats tonight. Team that loves to press all night long. Um, certainly a challenge for Fruita Monument. And the pressure, I think, for Fruita Monument of upholding the, the respect on this side of the hill. Because, you know, there are people that are they're over on the front range whining about Fruita Monument being the number one seed, though the RPI, all the RPI, all the metrics, put them in that position to be the number one seed. They're they're 22-0. and 0, And, but, you know, there's still going to be those those naysayers, those doubters of, of their strength of schedule, how good the Southwestern League is. Those are things... That, that put pressure on Fruit of Monument and put pressure on, really on teams over here to be viewed as good enough by the front range, particularly in the 6A ranks. Where, let's, let's be honest, once again, we're not going to beat this drum. Mm-hmm. Fruit of Monument should not be in 6A. Nobody over here should be in 6A. But that's where they are. That's the reality of it. And so there is somewhat the pressure on Fruit of Monument to def- to defend the credibility of this side of the hill and the quality of basketball on this side of the hill to those that play in the state's highest classification. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the flag they have to carry over here, whether it's fair or not, fair, justified or not. You take a look at Highlands Ranch. I think six of their losses, six of their twelve losses, came by two possessions or less. They're in a tough league. They finished next to our third from the bottom in the 6A, 5A Continental. Chaparral ran, ran to the top of that conference. Mountain Vista's in there. Rock Canyon. Got Thunder Ridge, Regis, Doug, Douglas County. Just pretty, tough, tough pretty conference. good conference for a team like Regis to average 67 points per game and still go 5-5 five and five in the in the conference. And and one of the things about Highlands Ranch too that then we'll talk more with Michael about this. They don't have that one stud guy. They they don't. And he said he's watched a lot of film 
And in watching that film, different guy every night mm-hmm. steps up, comes up big on the offensive end. And that makes it more problematic if you're trying to figure figure out, solve the, the riddle that's Highlands Ranch. Who do you really, who do you try to take out of the equation? Right. It, they have seven guys that average between six and a half and 9.8 points per game. They have eight guys that average between two and a half and four and a half rebounds per game. They have five guys that have at least two assists per game. It's a lot of balance. It's, it's ridiculous balance. And like the, the assists, that's one thing, but to have seven guys, and even if you want to take in five and a half points, that's their eighth guy. Eight. You can only play five at a time. Yeah. To have that type of balance and depth, is not something you really get a lot over here. How many times do we see teams from this side of the hill where they go six deep? Because that's kind of all they got. You've got a guy that scores 16, 17 a game, a guy that's maybe mm-hmm. 11, and then a guy that's maybe five and a half. Five and a half, and then maybe four. Mm-hmm. And that's and then the a couple thing that, of dudes yeah. to get a bucket a night. Yeah, and that's that's the, the challenge for Fruit of Monument tonight is dealing with the, the pressure, the full-court pressure that Highlands Ranch is going to roll out. Mm-hmm. And who do, you, who do you stop? Right. They have eight guys that have, hit, that have attempted at least 90 shots. That balance makes it difficult mm-hmm. for Fruit of Monument tonight, no doubt about it. And uh, we'll talk with Michael Wells about their matchup. Also, on the other side of this break, we'll have a Montrose boys basketball coach, Ryan Bowringer. They have Harrison tonight. Uh, over on the Monkey, 93.5 in Montrose. So we'll take a break. We'll come back. And up next, Ryan Voringer, Montrose boys basketball coach, scheduled to join us next on the Jim Davis Show. Stay by the radio. You are listening to the Jim Davis Show on the team, 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. Get in the huddle with Montrose boys basketball coach, Ryan Voringer on the team. Ryan Bowringer brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Ryan Bowringer joins us. Good morning, Ryan. Appreciate the time as always. Jim, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Always great to talk, especially when we're into the postseason, the start of the 5A Boys State Basketball Tournament. Uh, you, you take on Harrison tonight. We'll talk more about them in just a moment. But uh, just give me your thoughts about the finish to the season for your basketball team. You finished seventeen and six overall. You go three and five in the Southwestern League. And in regard to the postseason, what do you feel like? Maybe the last five games, your team maybe improved, learned a few things that'll help you be hopefully in a better position to advance in the five A state tournament. Well, I mean, every every league game this year has been a grind for us. I mean, it's, the league has been so tough this year. All, all everyone in the league qualified for the state playoffs, so we're hoping that's going to be a benefit for us. I mean, as of speaking of, as of Harrison today, we're going to, and we're going to have to have to slow the game down. We haven't seen the kind of athletes and team speed they have, other than Fruit of Monument. I mean, they they got some kids that can play. Jim, it feels like deja vu. It feels like I'm watching the same teams I watched last year this time. This time, so Harrison comes in uh, Ryan 15 and eight on the season. Uh, they went uh, four and six in that uh, that combined uh, Colorado Springs Metro League, uh, where uh, certainly they they saw some really good competition, like you did in the Southwestern League. But uh, when you look at uh, Harrison, they're uh, they're paced by a couple of uh, really talented players. One of which is uh, uh, Kenneth Jones Jr. He's had a heck of a season: twenty four points per game, 
He averages almost eight rebounds a contest. He's over four assists per game, almost three steals a game. And they also, you know, the, he's, he's the guy that really leads away for them. They also have another score that's in double digits at, at 16.7 points per game. Uh, th- these are two, this is a, a talented team with Jones as really the, the, the guy that's the bell cow that leads away for them. Yeah, he's really good, kind of a combo guy. He can play inside if you put a if you put a guard on him inside, and then they'll move him out out to the perimeter if you put a big on him. We had trouble with him last year. Jimmy had twenty four on us last year, and you know we've been trying to study him the last three or four days, and he's twenty three games, twenty three double figure games. He's got over forty three games, and you know you can't really run two guys at him because they got two other kids that can really shoot it, and they got a six five long athletic kid in the paint. I mean, they're they're just really talented, really kind of team speed and they're very well coached so it's it's going to be a challenge for sure you know along with uh Hamanyami, who averages 16.7 points per game uh they're also getting double digit scoring from uh, an, another really good player and Talon franco as well 10 points per basketball game so uh, on on film the franco kid number 24 what uh, what does he bring to the table that poses a problem for you potentially uh, it's just a very smart basketball player. You know, he kind of feeds off the Jones kid, and he floats around the perimeter, and if you help off the Jones kid, he, he can shoot it from the three, and he's very good with the, with the shot fake and a, a mid-range pull-up. He, and he's hit 16 three-point shots and shooting at like 48%. So, like I said, they're they're tough, and we're going to have to change some defenses a little bit. We're not much of a zone defense, but we're going to change a little bit and just try to give him different looks because I don't think we can man him for 32 straight minutes. So... Montrose head coach Ryan Voeringer joining us on the Jim Davis show. When you have a player like that, that that's that is that smart. Sometimes with talent, you can make guys think and then they start to get into trouble. How do you defend a guy whose main benefit is his ability to think on the court? Well, it makes it extremely tough. I mean, last year he, he made such great decisions. Like when, when he gets doubled, he doesn't force shots. He'll kick the ball to the shooters on the perimeter. We're just going to try to throw different things at him and, and try to and try to make him think a little bit more than he's used to thinking. But again, he's he's going to get his. I mean, we're not going to we're not going to hold him to. We're just going to try to keep him under his twenty five point average and make make some of the other guys beat us. So, Ryan Boringer, Montrose boys basketball coach, joining us today, and uh, you know that game last year with Harrison forty seven to thirty two. I mean, when when you you know you look at it that uh, you know you, you kept him under fifty points. That's that's a number I know that you'd like that to be better, certainly, Ryan, uh, and you would like to get a win last year. But when you look at that, that, that's a number that's kind of in your ballpark in terms of what you like to do defensively. The, the, the scoring just has to be more than it was last year against them. Yeah, we just had we had problems with their pressure and their full-court press. I mean, the big key for us is we got to take care of the ball. I mean, if we can take care of the ball and limit their possessions and not turn it over and, and get shot attempts and try to pound the ball inside to Caleb. I mean, Caleb had a pretty good game last year, but our kind of our, you know, our downfall all year has been our perimeter shooting, and, and they know Caleb, and they're gonna, and they're probably going to run doubles in him. We're going to have to make some perimeter shots because if we don't, it's going to be hard. To, if we can keep the game in the 40s, I think we'll have a chance. But if they push it into the 50s and 60s, we're going to have it's going to be a tough night for us. Yeah, Caleb Ferguson had 16 points last year against Harrison in that uh, that playoff loss. Jackson Killen had eight points, and it's going to be crucial whether it's Jackson, whether it's Brecken Hutto, somebody. He's going to have to step up and be a compliment to Caleb Ferguson for you tonight uh, from a scoring standpoint. Yeah, I mean, I told the guys yesterday in the film room, we're going to need three guys in double figures on top of what Caleb's going to do because 
like I said, they're averaging the mid-60s a game, and they've seen Mesa Ridge, they've seen Palmer, they've, they've seen the best teams in 5A, so I don't think any kind of defense from the throw is going to throw them off. We're going we're gonna to have to score some points, Jim, to keep up with them. That's just the bottom line. All right, so we'll have that game tonight over on the Monkey. Uh, 93.5 in Montrose. Larry Newland will have the call on that one for you from Lloyd McMillan Gymnasium as Montrose scores off against Harrison, a rematch of last year's uh, state tournament uh, matchup between the two. Our coverage will start at 545 tonight for that one from Montrose High School. Ryan, I appreciate the time this morning. Busy day. It's game day, and uh, always great to have you in the program with us. Appreciate it, Jim. Thanks for the coverage, man. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Ryan Voringer, coach of the Montrose boys basketball team once again that'll be on the monkey tonight 95.7 here in the valley but in montrose 93.5 fm with uh, larry newland who's been calling montrose red Ox athletics for for decades and he'll have the call on that one tonight all right 727 jim along with the buckeye boy from the bozarth miller chevrolet buick studios the most trusted name in automobiles and uh coming up uh, next hour go around the nfl also talk with fruit among the boys basketball coach Michael Wells uh, on the program. So, got some thoughts today on a wine about on Wednesday? Something you need to complain about? You got anything you need to get off your chest today? Since we didn't really lead off with that today. Uh, no, not not particularly. I think I'm all right for the time being. There might be something that pops into the head at some point, but right now it's a little too tired to think constructively. Gotcha. gotcha. We both had yeah longish nights last night with the. Uh, with covering high school basketball here in the Valley. God, I'm trying to think of anything that's that's just really been <laughs> really been under my skin. Like, yeah, at the moment, it's, things have been pretty good lately. Yeah, pretty yeah. pretty yeah. solid, pretty decent. Yeah. yeah, so nothing to really complain about. I'm sure something will probably uh, mm-hmm. pop up at some point. All right, uh, 728, and um, go ahead and bring you some of the, the post game from uh, last night. Uh, for uh, for Fruita Monument, and uh, also last night uh, for the uh, the Palisade girls basketball team as well. Uh, Fruita Monument basketball team last night uh, they uh, fell as we mentioned uh, earlier to uh, Denver East. Uh, they they lost last night at home, and uh, last time we got to the second round, were they able to uh, to make it to uh, that uh, that game against Doherty last uh, last year? So. Uh, unfortunately, comes to an end last night to, at home. After the game, we had the chance to talk with Fruit of Monument Boys coach Jeff Johnson about their loss to Denver East. Moraine Heritage is going to score six points. He would have taken that. We'll try to grab Jeff there very quickly. Jeff, grab a real quick comment from Jeff. And Jeff Johnson, Fruit of Monument girls coach with us. And Jeff, uh, physical game, uh, definitely uh, a game of a lot of turnovers. They have over 300 steals. You do the season. You expected a physical game. I'm sure if you would have voted, I told you Murray Heritage only going to have six points. You would have yeah. liked your chances. We would have liked our chances. But uh, it didn't work out that way tonight. Uh, 22 shot really well. Um, I, I know she had at least three threes, if not a fourth one. She'd had three. Um, three threes. And, and that's really probably the difference of this game. I think we hit two, and they probably had six or seven. Uh, and then we missed a bunch of free throws. Uh, but, you know, if, if we make a couple shots early in that first quarter we had two or three rim in and out um but uh we kept battling um and, and you gotta be proud that they didn't quit even all the way to that last buzzer we were fouling trying to extend the game as long as possible um but yeah we had our opportunities and uh we gotta learn from this uh and i know we're going to lose one senior uh which is going to hurt us 
but uh, at the same time, we got a great group of girls coming back. Uh, and this could be their motivation to uh, get better over the summer so we could uh, get farther in the playoffs. And that lone senior, Addie, air 11 points tonight. I thought she did a great job battling um, yeah, Marie Harity tonight. I mean, she was un- we're, we were all undersized, and they were just battling inside. Uh, we did a really good job on the inside. And like we said, they, they shot the lights out from the three-point line uh, versus us compared to us to them. Final score, 38-32. Jeff, I know you want to go talk to your team. I appreciate it. Thank you. Right. Tough loss tonight, but uh, your, your kids battle have to be a lot of respect when they won a league right. title this year. A lot of things to look back on as a lot of great accomplishments right. for the Wildcats in 2023-2024. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Jeff Johnson. All right. That's Jeff Johnson after the game last night. Fruta falling to Denver East. We also had Palisade falling to Northridge last night in the 5A state tournament. And uh, Buckeye Boy had the chance to talk with uh, Bulldogs coach Don Baver after the game. Uh, last night against Northridge. Finally, Maddie Baver is going to will be graduating. Chloe Simons, the leading scorer in the Southwestern Slope League this season, and Larna Lancaster for the Bulldogs. But a lot coming back for Palisade, including Addie Ritterbush, Kyra Birch, and Delaney Rice. And they go through the handshake line, and we'll see if we can grab Coach Don Baber to come up and talk to us on what is a rough end the season for the Bulldogs head coach. We'll hand coach the headsets. Uh, coach Don Baber joining us 60-51. to 51, falling to Northridge. And really it's a story, one, kind of a two-part story. Hot three-point shooting early on by them. And you guys had a 10-point hole to dig out of in the first quarter that you really couldn't come back from. Yeah, they hit a lot of shots on us tonight. We tried to close out on shooters, but you know, shooters shoot, and sometimes they go in. So they went in tonight, and that's the difference of the game, really. We, we really did a good job about controlling number zero, but they made some shots. And um, I like my team's effort. I like my team's attitude. Like, we competed the entire game. So we've come a long ways in a couple years in the program. So I'm just proud of my girls. Great post-defense, like you mentioned. Sophia Carbajal, 16 points. Not a great foul shooter, but she was pretty much on fire from the line tonight. She got half of her scoring from the line. You guys did a good job of limiting her. Riley Beck and uh, Savannah Amac, though, like you mentioned, that hot outside shooting. Is that something you saw in film that they were capable of, or did they just shoot really well tonight? Well, we know they shoot a lot of shots. I talked to uh, you guys this morning on the radio about that, that they're going to put them up. And um, seems like every time they put them up tonight, they went in. But that's okay. You know what? That happens sometimes. And um, honestly, it's uh, it's a great season for us. You know, Western League, Western Slope League champs, 17-7 um, and seven now. I'm just... Like I said earlier, I'm so proud of my girls, and uh, we just never gave up. So can't wait to get back at it next year and um, take another run. Next year, it's the move up to the Southwestern League where you'll be taking on some of the Valley teams. Valley didn't feel, fare very well tonight. Uh, Fruita Monument losing in the first round, Central losing in the first round. Uh, you lose just two seniors of big pieces on this team in both Chloe Simons and Lorna Lancaster, but you bring a lot back, including Addie Ritterbush, Lila Lancaster, Sadie Bunker. Uh, your daughter, daughter Maddie's just a uh, freshman. So you bring a lot back. And as we were listening to Jeff Johnson on the broadcast talking about how tonight will make the team he is bringing back next year hungry. Is that something you feel that might happen for your squad going into next year as well? Definitely. Like my girls are not ready to be done this season. Like I could just tell by the way we practice our pregame today, just their whole attitude. Like they want to keep playing. And sometimes I've had teams in the past where the end of the season and they're kind of ready to move on to the next sport not these girls so we're gonna get back in the gym here and uh, i'm sure in a couple weeks and um start prepping for next year you know what i'm saying
All right, Don Baber, Palisade girls basketball coach with uh, Rio last night out of Palisade High School. All right, uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. The boys tip it off tonight here in the Valley. Grand Junction gets Denver North. It'll be part of our full-court coverage tonight. We'll talk with Dutch Johnson, Grand Junction Tigers boys basketball coach. That's coming up uh, next. It's a Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine. If you've got something you need to get off your chest today. Well, why don't you cry about it? What's the place to do it? Send it to us on the team line, text or phone call, 970-242-1340. Touchdown every morning. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Grand Junction Boys basketball with Coach Dutch Johnson on the Jim Davis Show. Dutch Johnson brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Tigers coach Dutch Johnson joins us. Good morning, Dutch. How are you? Good morning, Jim. I'm good. How are you guys? I'm doing well. Game day today. And back in the saddle, uh, your first uh, year back coaching the, the Grand Junction boys basketball team. And and you have your Tigers into the postseason, familiar territory uh, before you, you left to go coach over at uh, Colorado Mason. So has to be, I, I, I know that uh, you, you want to get out there and win tonight, and the, the goal is about getting off to a good start in the postseason. But uh, got to be happy with what you've seen in year one back uh, coaching the Grand Junction Tigers, being in the spot to be in the postseason. Yeah, I guess, you know, that's always uh, one of the goals, right, to get to the postseason and um, the body of work throughout the season was is what's got us there so to, you know i've told you before on the show this is a really really hard working group of kids and uh you know yesterday they they practiced just as hard yesterday as they did they did week one so we were really getting after yesterday diving on the floor we had a couple shiners and a bloody nose at practice yesterday so they're still they're still competing and, and ready to go tonight What's the thing that maybe you've been the most proud about with this basketball team in terms of its development and growth over the course of the season to get where you're at right now, which is, of course, uh, starting the 5A state tournament? It's probably just that. This group has worked so hard from, you know, from day one. And I know, like, you always hear the coaches cliche, you don't want to coach effort and energy, which is impossible. That's one of the things you're always going to coach. But this group, they just they come to work every day. They work super hard. Um which we've had to. This has had to be a kind of a grinded out blue collar team. Um, you know, obviously we're not built with a bunch of scores. So uh, for us to have success, that's just kind of the way we have to play. That kind of is how our mentality has to be. And it starts in practice. And, and this group is, they've just worked extremely hard, uh, you know, since in September, since I get the job, really. So uh, they've been a lot of fun to be around. I think when you, when you look at your team, too, it's it's the balance, it's the depth that you have in terms of scoring, where, where Will Applegate is, is your, your leading scorer at 9.6 points per game, your leading rebounder as well. But you have Declan Lake at over 8 points per game, Brett Whitex at over 5 points per game, Edison Dean at 5 points per game. There's some balance there that, that does make it difficult for other teams to... They, they know that Will's going to be a... a a presence inside, but it, that balanced scoring does make it difficult uh, for other teams in regard to who else can potentially hurt them. Yeah, I, I agree, Jim. And I think, you know, if you look at our roster and who plays, there's, there's not a lot of difference uh, from a kid that starts to maybe our 10th guy. I think that there's not much separation between them. And so depth has been a strength of ours this year and different guys have played different minutes every game. So, 
uh, I think we have a, a handful of guys that we could that we could rely on. We can count on to put in the game, and, and Noah Schmalz, who you know unfortunately rolled his ankle, but was playing really well, sophomore for us, and kind of is just coming back to full strength. So hopefully he's he's good to go tonight. And he's another one of those pieces, um, especially if. You know, tonight we've seen a little bit of zone on Denver North, so if we could add another shooter in the lineup tonight, that would that definitely help. Grand Junction Boys Basketball Coach Dutch Johnson with us on the Team Sports Network. The Tigers get the 11th seed. They take on 22nd seeded Denver North tonight over at Grand Junction High School. And when you look at uh, their numbers on the season in that 5A4 Denver Prep uh, uh, League, that uh, they finished fourth in that league at 4-3, at and 16-7 and seven overall. And uh, they've got some... Some talented scores on this basketball team. Uh, certainly uh, leading the way, uh, Jacob Giron, who's uh, been a, a double-digit score for them, about 16 points per game. Uh, they've, they've also been able to get uh, some pretty good production as well from uh, some of, uh, of his teammates. Uh, for example, uh, Sammy Barajas is at 10 points per basketball game. Give us kind of your scouting report of what you've seen on this Denver North squad. Yeah, the Heron the kid, number three, um, he could get hot. He's one of those streaky shooters. He can shoot from anywhere. He's got unbelievable range. Uh, you know, just looking back and watching some film, I think against Hinkley this year, he had hit eight threes. Uh, against Thomas Jefferson, he had five threes. So he could. he's real streaky, and he could get going, and he's he's a talent offensively. And they do have a couple of those other pieces, right, Baja, and, but they really just try to space you out and, um, you know, drive and kick, and they're going to have – they're going to have five guys on the court at all time that can shoot the three. So that'll be our challenge. They're a little bit, going to be a little bit quicker than us. Uh, we're going to have to use some length and really keep them out of the paint where they could uh, keep them out of those drive and kick situations where they're just comfortable shooting threes all night long. Yeah, Haran hit 55 threes this season uh, for uh, the Vikings of Denver North. We're talking with Grand Junction Tigers boys basketball coach Dutch Johnson. What does it look like in terms of, you mentioned they, they have five guys capable of shooting threes, Dutch. What what is the the challenge in terms of what their inside game looks like, and can Will Applegate maybe make some make some hay uh, in in the uh, low post tonight against this team? If we can get it to them, <laughs> that's been, that's been the struggle. Obviously, everyone knows we like to play through Will, and um, it, especially in our conference, so they know that, and, and we've had a hard time getting the ball. They've just done a really good job defending, but um, you know, but lately they've been. They've been playing a lot of zone, um, but I still think we could definitely get the ball to Will and play through Will and play through Andy in the post there, uh, whether they go man or zone. And I think that's important for us. We've had our most success when we could play through those guys. So uh, we got some things in plan, whether they go man or zone, to hopefully play through the big fella tonight. Dutch Johnson, Grand Junction Tigers boys basketball coach with us. The Tigers, the 11th seed, taking on Denver North, the 22nd seed tonight. And uh, the winner will get uh, Lewis Palmer, the sixth seed, in the next round of the 5A Boys State Basketball Tournament. Uh, tonight, Dutch, uh, it, well, the other night against Central was the final regular season game at the Tigers' gym. But but nice to send out Grand Junction High School's gymnasium with a state tournament game in the final game tonight. Absolutely. So, you know, if this is going to be be our last game here, let's do it right. All right. Um, so to get a to get a home playoff game and and again just the body of the work throughout the year to get us that home playoff game, uh, you know Friday was a pretty cool atmosphere and uh, I saw a lot of a lot of alums from the boys and the girls side, um, but to get a home playoff game and 
and final game in this old gymnasium would be cool to go out with the win. All right, Dutch. We'll have the game tonight on the team, part of our full-court coverage. A tip-off around 7 o'clock as Grand Junction takes on Denver North. Always appreciate the time, Dutch. You bet. Thanks, guys. All right. Grand Junction Tigers boys coach Dutch Johnson with us on the program. And uh, Fruit Monument boys coach Michael Wells will join us next hour to talk about their matchup with Highlands Ranch. All right. Uh, text or call the show today, 970-242-1340. Jim along with the Buckeye boy today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Uh, we'll have Connor McGahey coming up uh, later on, but uh, at 840 this morning, Avs with well, the much-needed win last night, Buckeye. Yeah. Yeah, it's... You talk about the home ice advantage for the Avalanche. I don't, with this team, I don't know how crucial it's going to be because I don't really have a good feel for this team. But taking down one of the top seeds in the West, that helps with tiebreaker scenarios as well. You're only six points back of Vancouver. And you have, I think, a couple games in hand, if I'm not mistaken. Math is hard at this point in the season. But it's, it's a big win for the Avs, and it's kind of get off the schneid. They haven't been playing well since the All-Star break. They come out last night, give up that first goal. And like, oh, here, we go. here we go again. But they were able to rebound. They tied it up early in the second, and they were able to take home a nice 3-1 win over Vancouver. It's a really good hockey team. And maybe, just maybe, this gets Ryan Johansson going. Maybe. We can hope. Because if, if he can start being a complimentary scorer, mm-hmm. then that, that goes a long way in helping this team. And Georgie was outstanding last night, 24 saves for the Avalanche. Nathan McKinnon had the empty netter last night. His home point streak is now 27 games, second longest to start the season in NHL history. But, you know, your Hanson, the 12th of the goal of the season, but his first in 21 games, he hadn't scored since December 29th. Ooh. That's that's a long, nasty stretch. And you brought him over to score goals. Mm-hmm. And now the Avalanche have put together back-to-back wins. Had the win against with uh, the win against the Coyotes the other on Sunday when Devon Taves scored that late goal. Get a win against Vancouver, your your you know top team in the West right now. That um, hopefully for the Avalanche, this is maybe something that that ignites them a little bit yeah you hope so because they've just been playing so poorly i mean i know we're talking a little bit about the well you know pump the brakes this team's still pretty good and blah 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 and this whole thing and then they come out and they pick up just their third win in february i know they had the all-star break in there but that east coast road trip where they went one and five or one, four and one. I know they lost yeah. in overtime, but that's still lost. Yeah, you get a point for it, but you lost. Still lost. You lost to the Rangers. You tallied one goal. You got six goals in the first four games. Then you beat the Capitals. You got six there. And then you give up six to the Lightning two nights later. It just was such a dog coming out of the All-Star break to where it's like, man, this team has some problems now. And you know what? You beat Arizona at home. You beat Vancouver at home. Now you head to Detroit. The rivalry's not really there anymore. Then you get Toronto and Dallas at home. Finish off the month at Chicago. You have a chance to kind of right the ship a little bit here. And so they, they did this on The Athletic with their NHL writers. 
their NHL predictions 5.0 Cup Contender Chaos and the Endless Coaching Carousel, where they have the, they they voted on who's going to win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. The months of October, November, December, January, February. They each month they would it would do a little okay where you know the kind of like stock up stock down right where where do you feel like certain teams are right now and so for the avalanche the stock report exactly and so for the avalanche as who will win the stanley cup they got a they got 6.1% of the vote in october it's a little disrespectful in october but the way you've watched this team play the last month, you're like, meh, I get it. Hurricanes had 30.3%, Stars 33.3%, Oilers 24.2% of the of the of the votes by the Athletics NHL staff. Mm-hmm. December improved to 16.7%. Dallas Joe respect. Yeah, Dallas Dallas Stars were 30. Uh Vegas Golden Knights at 30% of the vote during that period of time. Put some respect on their name. Move to December. That number jumps up big time. Remember, they had they had a really good December. Mm-hmm. 32.3%. They had the most votes of anybody in the month of December. Stars are 22.6. They were the, the only one close to the avalanche. Uh, Rangers were 12.9. Go to January. Drops down to 19.4. But then again, some of the other cup contenders were not playing real well so that right. that number's still better than anybody else in terms of the voting by the athletics mm-hmm. NHL writers now it's at 14.7 <laughs> which is not the worst of anybody by no, no. by a long shot when you look at at this but that's still 32 19 14 i'm surprised that they gave them 14.7% of the vote with the way things have gone in february mm mm-hmm. I'll be honest, that's shocking that that number's that good. Yeah, it, it kind of is because February, that's how bad the month has been. It's when you're surprised they're, what, third in February? Yeah. In, it's like, well, they're still third favorites and kind of look around. After a 1-4-1 like, and one road trip? Right. Well, and you look around, you're like, all right, Florida, they didn't play particularly well. Boston, yeah. meh. Rangers, okay, there's your top three in the Eastern Conference. Then you look and you're like, Dallas, okay, they kind of, you know, they trade punches with Dallas every now and then. Then Vancouver's the top team in the league in points with 80. And you're like, all right, so you beat Vancouver. You beat them at home. You got one more game coming up in the Couve next month, maybe, I think it is, if I remember hearing Connor correctly last night on the way home. Uh, That you're like, all right, so let's see what you could do here. But, yeah, I'm surprised that number is still in the teens. After the way they've played the last three weeks. Yeah, the Avs are at Vancouver March 13th. Ah, nailed it. Good job. Look at that. Take the rest of the hour off. Uh, No, no, you can't. It's only three minutes. I can see they've got Vancouver in the third. I think that's their only matchup. Yeah, you said last night was the second of three. Remember that part distinctly. I just did not remember the... Yeah, that's their that's their last game against Vancouver, is on March thirteenth at Vancouver. Yeah, they still have thirty five wins, which is the best best number in the entire division. Both Dallas and Winnipeg have thirty four wins, but they get more points because they've gone to overtime 
They've lost in overtime more than the Avs have, which is weird to say. Yeah. And Vegas, or not Vegas, Vancouver's the only team in the West that has more actual Ws. So there's still a little bit of the all is well, it's February, it's fine. But Things aren't that bad. But this has been almost an entire month of just a poop show <laughs> at times. They've got to start getting it They've going now. They've got to start getting things figured out. I have no idea what I'm interested if Connor's heard any rumblings about Valeria Nachuskin, what the status is for him going forward, because you could tell the more this goes on, the more they miss whatever he brings. And it's whether it's physicality, physicality, toughness, mentality, whatever it is, they miss it. Well, they miss his goal scoring. They miss his presence in Mm -hmm. the crease, in front of the crease, directing pucks. All of it. Of, of just, you know, occupying space mm-hmm. in, in front of the net. And because he was, as, from a goal-scoring standpoint, as hot as anybody. Yeah, he was leading the way for a while. Before he went into the player assistance program. And so now the question, like, and I've said this before, how long will it be for him to mm-hmm. to, to take the, to, to kind of get back into form? Right. And ten, tangentially related to, like, the Anthony Rendon conversation from yesterday. Like, however long he needs, he needs to take. Right. To get him to get himself. Mm-hmm. But as it comes better. to the team and their chances of winning a Stanley Cup are much higher with him than without him. Right. And once again, your first priority is for him to 100%. heal himself, to get better. Didn't to, want to make to, that sound like it was, ah, you know, come on, let's get right. back on the ice here. I. And but, it, but at some point, they're also going... We need you back. Yeah. Like, we, what's we your need, status here? We, 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 how, how much longer do you feel like you're going to need mm-hmm. before, before you come back? Because we certainly could use you back in the lineup. Because it's a mentality thing. And I think they did the same with Landeskog last year of they held out hope for so long they didn't find a way to do it on their own. And that may be the case with Nachuskin this year where you need to find out how to do it on your own and not hold out hope for a guy that may or may not come back. And with the, you know, at the trade deadline, do the Avalanche make some kind of move? What do they do? That'll be a question as well. We've we've talked about, of course, the whole thing with, um, you know, with the backup goaltender. What do they do moving forward? All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. 